Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Blasian Wellness Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Coach Tamika, and you all already know I'm joined by my very best friend in the whole world, Sex Coach Mary. Hey, man, I like your shirt. Yes, I'm representing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know where my shirt is. <laughs> Y'all already know. <laughs> I can't. She is not to be controlled. We just let her do what she do. <laughs> nice to see you, Mayor. All of you. <laughs> yes, thank you. All of you. Beautiful shirt. And Come we, on, we're going to see all of Jacqueline now. <laughs> that's right. And we also have our very special guest, Miss Jacqueline. Phillips. Thank you for having me today. Jacqueline, you guys, I I just love her. Y'all know I, I, I love a lot of people and Jacqueline is now. On <laughs> um, she has a, a great book that we're going to touch on a little bit called Comfortably Uncomfortable. The road to happiness isn't always paid. And let me tell you, I'm going to just open it up right there. Her first line in the book is, I'm a piece of shit. I was like, what? what, what? <laughs> You know, I thought I read the wrong thing, and I'm like, what the fuck book is this? I'm like, what is Because I, I did it on the Kindle app, so I'm yeah. like, did I download the wrong shit? And I'm trying to eat, you know, exit out of it. I'm like, what the fuck is that? And I was like, oh, it's her book. Okay, let me keep going. That's just how the book opens up. I was, I was literally on my Kindle like, all right, I'm going to like this. <laughs> I love it. I swear it took me it took me just two days to read it. I couldn't put it down. And I am so excited and happy that you are here with us, Jacqueline. Oh my goodness. <clears throat> Thank you so much. I love that you love the starting line. I, I really came out swinging on this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you actually did. So Jacqueline, tell us a little bit about how this book came into fruition because you go into great detail in your book and I know a little bit about you from your book, but how did you get from where you were to where you are now? So I had no plan to write a book when I started this. This journey came about because I was absolutely miserable with my existence and it turned into a moment of either we're going to end it or we're going to put aside the bullshit and really figure it out because the life that I was living was not one worth living. And I, I openly talk about my suicide attempt and I talk about my struggles and my stumbling blocks and how I was basically a category five storm and hurricane Jacqueline came through and damaged everyone and everything in her wake and didn't really care about it at all. Mm. By the time I put in all of this work and invested this time and energy into really breaking down my barriers and finding out who I really was, I found this freedom and this happiness and this personal joy. And I went, oh my gosh, this thing's real. Now, how do I get it to everybody else? How do I share what I did and what I learned and help others find that joy and that happiness and that reason for being even when times are hard mm. wow 
Well, you definitely did a magnificent job. I love so many things about the book. The one thing that I love most of all is not, it's relatable and it's easy to understand. Like you, you just no holds barred. You just say what it is that you're feeling. And it takes a lot of courage for someone to go through as much as you've gone through and to write it. And I mean, God bless you. I just, I, I found that it was amazing. And what I really got a kick out of was the relationship with your parents and how um, I, I was reading it and I was kind of thinking of you, Mary, with your mother, uh, kind of went in my mind a little bit. But at one point during the book, like you, you wrote a letter and it was different versions of a letter to both your parents. And yes. I, I love that. I'm a big fan of writing and I know the power in that. But when you were saying how, thanking her, I think that was the difference. See, when I write letters, I'm cussing all the time, but you basically was thanking her for the things that she did, for the fear that she instilled in you, because in a way, well, not in a way, it shaped you into this marvelous, gorgeous person that you are today. A lot of it was just trying to flip the narrative. Um, it was actually my life coach that instructed me to take on that homework assignment and having to really sit down and think of the things that I was thankful for rather than having that list of, you know, F you, screw this, blah, blah, blah. It was, hey, you know what? You were a young mom. You didn't have the resources that you needed. You weren't mature enough to handle the task at hand, mm -hmm. but you did the best that you could with what you had. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's a line in there that says, you know, thank you for not aborting me. Yes. Um, I actually found out after the book came out that my mom had an abortion before she had me. Mm. So wow. that is literally an option that would have existed that she chose not to take. And ultimately, I have to be grateful for that because now I'm here. Mm -hmm. you are there was a lot of tears, but ultimately it was cathartic to take all of that anger and poison that I held for them and just neutralize it into, hey, you know what? You did what you could. I got it from here. Thanks. Mm. Wow. Like I, I read that and I was just like in, in tears reading the letters oh. that you wrote to your parents. Um, because I didn't get that far in the book. <laughs> of course you didn't. That was towards the end. Oh, yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> but you won't get there. <laughs> you won't get there. And great. So now I'm going to cry. Oh, I cry okay. because it's like I... I felt everything that she was saying. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of people have issues with, you know, with their parents, you know, and mm -hmm. a great point that she had in the book was, you know, our parents only did things not to hurt us, but because they didn't want us to make the same mistake or they wanted us to be cautious or they wanted this or they wanted that. Like we parent out of, fear sometimes, you know, you can't do this, you can't do that. Um, I like one part where you said, 
your mother said you couldn't be a waitress and you realized that it was because she didn't want you to have that financial freedom to do, you know, what you wanted to do. So yeah, you, you may cry when you get to that part, Mary, because it's, it's really deep and I, I just, I couldn't. And relatable oh probably. Oh, it's going to be relatable to a lot of people. I mean, a mm-hmm. lot of people. When I was reading, when I was reading how she was saying how, um, you know, we don't get, we make excuses like, oh, well, I'm not successful because of, you know, my business is not, not producing or, you know, I'm like this because of my husband and we just keep making ex- excuses of why we're not at our fullest potential. And I was like, damn it, Jacqueline, stop it. Stop it. Stop reading my brain. Because I do that. How many times do I say, well, you know, I can't do this because I have a hundred kids or I can't do this because my mom, you know, my mom talked shit to me when I was growing up and I make all these excuses mm-hmm. on why I can't be better in my life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, very recently I'm, I'm starting not to do that. I'm taking full responsibility for why things are happening in my life. You know, this didn't happen because I don't read or this didn't happen because I procrastinate or I get easily distracted. So mm. yeah, mm. all right. I'm owning to my mm. shit. Mm-hmm. Yes, but I, I did. And that's empowering. Mm-hmm. I want yeah. you to own your shit too, because that only means you're willing to make it better. Exactly. Right. Exactly. I mean, to go into the, the detoxifying your life and the fear of failure. I, uh, that was another one when I was like, oh my goodness, that whole section, because, uh, you know, people don't progress because it's that, that fear, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, the devil I know is better than the devil I don't, or, you know, but what exactly. So I'm telling you, Jacqueline, you just hit on so many different topics that are just empowering to people and sometimes i think people don't understand until they read it you know like that fear of failure for me will always hit home because that's just that's my achilles heel yep in the opposite way like i just i'm like oh no i gotta be doing this i gotta be doing this i gotta be doing this Um, yes i gotta be keeping myself busy because I don't ever want to be at that place when I'm homeless again. So I'm always doing, 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 doing. And then, you know, so life happens and now I can't move one of my arms and I can't do this. And I'm like, well, well what happened? Well, bitch, slow down. That's God's way of telling you to slow down. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, I, oh, oh we could God. all benefit from a little slow down. <laughs> <laughs> How is yes. your, how's your son, Jacqueline? Yes, <laughs> he is finally vocalizing that he's missing his friends Aww. but he's he's doing really well uh we made a cappuccino cheesecake this morning Ooh. so i'm getting him comfortable with working in the kitchen and using tools and learning how to use you know the oven and the you know the stove top and building his confidence with that mm-hmm. um we do driving practice a lot because it gets us out of the house and we can socially distance. So just trying to teach him life skills while I've got this time that I wouldn't normally have available to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Really hoping that we get to go back to the classroom soon, but I understand that that may not be an option, but he's, he's doing well. 
Good, good. Because I did enjoy reading about him. And, you know, you have a part in your your book when you talk about, you know, just sex and emotional sex. And, you know, I was laughing at the part when you were talking about somebody with the Victoria's Secret catalog, because it brought me back to, you know, my sons when they were that age and it was like oh lord (laughs) (laughs) you know and how you had to have that you know you had to have that conversation with him which I thought was amazing (laughs) so I am glad that he's doing he's doing well yeah I think the biggest topic we're looking at right now is is consent Mm. and learning personal boundaries Mm -hmm. uh he's still pretty green in the world and you know with the me too movement and you know teenage hormones we're not seeing girls at this point but we will eventually and i want to have those awkward conversations so that when he gets to that moment it's in the back of his head going ask first Mm. make sure it's okay Mm -hmm. am i safe is she safe Mm. Is this something I really want? Mm-hmm. So just kind of trying to bring it into the everyday dialogue using examples, you know, on TV or in the news of, you know, hey, this is what happens when you don't ask consent and you don't take the time to ask those questions because it's scary out there. Yeah. And yes, knowledge is power for teenagers. Yes, it is. And I think most parents should actually you know, have that conversation with their children and teach them because number one, they don't know. And, you know, from my experience with my daughter, I was always happy that God blessed me with a daughter because I knew she would be very outspoken like her mother. And when they're going through those stages of, you know, the friends talking about sex and the stuff that they get from their friends that aren't even true. And you're just like, oh, yeah, mom, you know, if you jump up and down after you have sex, you can't get pregnant. Well, where'd you hear that from? Oh, well, you know, Amy said it. <laughs> well, Amy's wrong, baby. <laughs> so that Amy's on yep, baby. I saw that on TV. <laughs> <laughs> that and the what internet. It? It's scary with the internet because it's, they're not actual portrayals of relationships. Mm-hmm. And no matter how hard you filter and try and parental control, it's so easy to find that stuff. Yes. Uh-huh. You yes. know, we had a big conversation about what pornography is and how it's utilized and how it's commonplace. Mm-hmm. I threw his grandmother under the bus. It's actually mm-hmm. his great grandmother. I said, even your great grandma looks at porn. So don't think you're special. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> go great grandma (laughs) exactly you know just normalizing that everybody's got something that scratches that itch but not to utilize it in a way that's harmful because it can be like a drug especially Mm -hmm. when you've got a developing brain and a pleasure sensor that's going oh my gosh Mm. all the time yes (laughs) you know self-regulating mm-hmm self-regulating exactly <laughs> <laughs> Mary's cracking up over there <laughs> 
Oh, oh you should meet my great grandma. She's amazing. She's on boyfriend number three right now. Yeah. Wow. She got herself a man during COVID of all things. Go ahead, great grandma. Hell yeah. <laughs> she oh, is my How old is she? How old? Uh, she turned 75 this year. Wow. Oh, see, Good she living time. her best life at 75. Yes, well, she boyfriend. Is. <laughs> her last boyfriend passed away oh, and oh she God. took about a year and she goes, you know, I'm not done yet. I'm going to go see what's out there. And I thought that was amazing. That is amazing. So, go grandma. Go grandma. Cause so many other, <laughs> you know, women would just crawl up into a, a little ball and just be like, ah, oh, you know, I'm getting old, you know, that excuse I'm getting old. I'll just, you know, go bake some cookies or something. Great grandma was like, Oh hell no. <laughs> No. Oh goodness, no. We we dolled her up for her 75th birthday, took her out for a photo shoot, oh. did all these photos. I'm taking her to Flagstaff at the end of the month because it's freaking hot here and we need a break. <laughs> She's my best I friend. Hope I, I hope I'm going to be like that at 75. <laughs> oh, I love oh. that. I, I do. I love that. <laughs> mm -hmm. So Jacqueline, tell me, what do you think? Because you've been through a lot. I mean, a lot more than your share of craziness and hardships. What do you think was your biggest challenge? And what do you think drove you to overcome those challenges? My biggest problem was that I didn't love myself. Mm. I absolutely hated myself. I didn't think I was worthy of friendship or success or it was almost like this Cinderella thing where I, even if something good happened, I was kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop because I never had faith in the good. Mm -hmm. I was always waiting for the next storm and ready to hide. And I was waiting for the next fight, ready to punch. I was constantly on edge and I just, I hated my life and who I was in it. Mm -hmm. um, so that was the biggest thing to really have to overcome. Getting past that, everything else started to sort of fall into place because I had a different perspective. Um, the hardest part about building self-esteem in you know, your late 30s is that you have to go back and undo all the bullshit that you trained yourself to believe. Yes. All of these limiting beliefs that you placed on yourself, all of these isms that don't really exist, but that you built as this foundation it was like the three little pigs. I had a house full of straw, but I thought I was the big bad wolf. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately a conflict would come along and it would just, the house would be gone. Mm -hmm. um, the hardest part of that was really changing an entire belief system from you're unattractive to you're good looking and you have a lot as far as who you've become. You need to embrace that you don't look like so-and-so. Not everybody does and that's okay. Mm -hmm. uh, I actually intentionally will not alter my photos. What mm -hmm. you see is what you get. Same. And part of that was learning to be comfortable with myself. Mm. Uh, as a photographer, it's really easy to manipulate a photo. It's uh -huh. even harder to go, this is me folks. Um, so working towards that, um, you know, changing the belief that people didn't like me when in fact, people liked me, they just didn't get to know the real me because I hid it behind all of these things that I thought they wanted. 
mm. even if it made me miserable. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I've lost a few friends along the way. I've gained a bunch more. But even at the end of the day, even if I'm all by myself, I'm happy and I'm comfortable. And that's not something that I had prior to this. You know, it was my head would hit the pillow and I'd be like, ugh, another day of just being fake. And I'd wake back up and I'd put on the happy face and go be fake again. And it's exhausting to be miserable. And I just didn't want it anymore. So I went and I found professionals and broke down all of those beliefs that weren't true and started to rebuild this narrative of you're strong and you're independent and you are beautiful and you are worthy and you are capable of loving yourself. Mm. Mm. And even when I have rough days now, knowing that I love myself, it's a little easier to handle a bad day because it's 24 hours. I get a fresh start tomorrow morning. I can hit it different and try a new way. Mm. Oh my goodness. Was there, was it just a combination of things and you just literally woke up one day and said, okay, enough is enough. Or was it just one thing that just put you over the edge and you said, it's time to make a change? Um, it was actually my suicide attempt. Mm, shit. Um, my husband had asked for a divorce. I had put my entire life savings into the venue that I'm talking to you from with no idea if I was going to make it back. And my car died. And three days prior to all that, I had a nervous breakdown. And unfortunately, because I used to work in medicine, I know what a successful suicide attempt looks like. And I know what an oh, unsuccessful suicide yeah. attempt looks like. And I... I wanted to hang myself because I knew how, and I knew that I would be successful. Mm. Um, it took about two days to finally talk myself out of it. And the only reason I didn't go through with it is because I didn't know how my son would find me. Mm. <gasps> it was oh bad enough that I wasn't going to be there. I didn't want to traumatize him with him finding his mom that way. That is honest to God, the only thing that kept me from doing it. Mm. And that was, that was my moment where I said, okay, this, this isn't going to help. I'm past the point where I need to do this, but I need to do something so that I'm not back in that place where it's not worth being here. Mm -hmm. um, my son doesn't know about this yet. I'm sure eventually he will be old enough and we will have that conversation. Um, he doesn't need to know right now. It doesn't matter to him as far as his progress, but he saves me daily. He mm. is my reason for breathing and living and fighting to get to this point mm. because I was raised in a cycle of negativity and abuse and destruction. And in that moment, I decided I was the one that was going to stop the cycle. Mm. What was the first thing that you did, like, right after that? Because, I, I mean, for a person to get that far, um, you know, of planning to, you know, to end it, um, uh, you know, aside from your son stopping you and you thinking of, you know, how is he going to find you? Like, what is the first thing you did? Like, I called the counselor. I guess the next day. 
Oh, you did. Okay, so you I, did I get professional. Counsel. Yeah, so I sought professional, professional help. help. I, I immediately contacted four different counselors and I said, I don't care who's available right now. I need someone right now and we'll figure out the rest when we get there. But right now is a critical moment. I need help. Mm -hmm. But I had to keep it quiet because my husband wanted a divorce. And if I told my husband I was suicidal, well, I may lose my son. Mm, and yes. I couldn't tell my best yeah. friends mm -hmm. because they would just bail because that's just too much. Yeah. I no, had right. no one oh. to go to. Yeah. So I that had is to find anonymous help. Right. Mm -hmm. Damn, it's a good thing you thought of all that because you're right. If you had said something, um, your husband would have custody of your son. Yeah, absolutely. They would consider you, you know, a, a danger. A danger. Fit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it would be, yeah. Curtains. Sheesh. Well, I'm glad you got help because, you know, I, it always, you know, saddens me when I see beautiful women like yourself, you know, that were at such a low point in their life. But I'm very happy that you found the courage to number one ask for ask for help because so many people will be at that point and they don't ask they don't know what to do or they feel too ashamed or whatever mm -hmm. nonsense that they have that's going on in their mind and it prevents them from getting the help that they need and i'm imagining that that first step was probably one of the most hardest steps, but it was something that definitely needed to be done because I couldn't imagine a world without Jacqueline. Uh-uh. Oh, no. <laughs> I could not imagine a world without Jacqueline. And, you know, we just met and I just love your, your, your spirit and your aura. And so I, if you would have gone through with that, I would have never had the pleasure of meeting you. <laughs> so or I'm, reading your or book. reading your book that had me in tears at the end. <laughs> Hopefully they were they were happy tears. I'll be honest, it didn't feel courageous in that moment. It was all fear because I didn't know what to do. Looking back at it, yes, it is a courageous action. Mm-hmm. But in that moment, it's just sheer panic and fear because they're, you're so lost. And, you know, they, the thing about suicide is that the people that actually do end up going through with it, a lot of the times you'll hear, well, I had no idea anything was wrong or they didn't show any signs or symptoms. Yes. Yep. Mm -hmm. this picture looks great this person looks like she's winning and on paper I was but inside I I was falling it was free fall and that's the problem because there's so much stigma and there's so much fear of repercussion we don't go get help yeah. you could lose your job you could lose your kid you can lose your friends mm-hmm that life that you've built by coming out and saying, I don't feel like living anymore. And knowing that that statement alone can completely upend everything you've worked for 
why would you tell anybody? Yep. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We suffer in silence until it's too late. It's too late. Not realizing that there is another way. Yeah. And I'm, I'm so happy that you, that you did that. And I, I mean, I know from the book, you are with your husband and everything is so much better. And I love that as well, because I know in, in your marriage, you talk about the trials and tribulations that you had and what that all stemmed from for you. Yeah. And it, it, again, you know, I see so many women every day with a problem that you have touched on in your book, you know, rather it's a marriage problem, a fear problem, social media problem, parent problem. I mean, mm -hmm. you touched on, you know, so much and to kind of see a happy ending that's always, you know, working on because, you know, when you're married, it, that's a job. That's the best job that you're ever going to have besides having your, your, your kids. And sometimes we take it. It is. And sometimes we just take it for granted. We take for granted that, you know, they're, they're always, always right going to be there. And sometimes they're, they're not, or they no. just get fed up themselves or, you know, the communication starts to break down. And that's the, that's the beginning of the end yeah. most of the time. And that ties back into the self-love is, you know, I didn't appreciate what I had and who I had until I appreciated and loved myself. Mm -hmm. You know, all good things are done in love, but you can't love completely and fully and in a healthy way if you don't love yourself. Yep. I learned that the hard way. <laughs> <laughs> I really did. I hated my guts. <laughs> A lot of so, us do because we're not taught otherwise. That's yeah. right. We're so afraid so. of building ego in our children by teaching them to love themselves. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'll take an overconfident kid versus who I was at his age any day of the week. Yeah. You can rein in an yeah. ego. You can't break that cycle without them having to do the work. Exactly. Exactly. And a lot of times when it comes, especially when it comes to girls, we don't do a good enough job with that. You know, our girls see what they see on television, they see yep. what they see on pictures, and even not having the conversation is a problem because uh, some of us who have girls have never, you know, never said anything. You, you just assume that they know certain things and then you turn around and then you have a child or daughter that's just looking at herself funny Oh, I'm fat. I'm this. It's like, where, where, where do you get that from? You know, I don't look like this girl in a magazine. She don't look like that either. <laughs> you know, they, they don't, they don't understand that. You know, I remember yeah. that with, with my daughter. I mean, she was about, about 10 or 11 and she's like, well, mommy, I want to look like that. Now my daughter is all of this big. She still is this big. She'll be 20 years older. Mommy, I think I'm getting fat. Where you getting fat at, Lita? <laughs> Fat I don't look like that. that <laughs> exactly. Look where you fat at. But it's like they see so many things. And again, we, or at least I assume, 
well, you know, she know, she knows she's gorgeous. You know, I give her a kiss and tell her she's, you know, beautiful every day. But sometimes that's not enough because they, well, they see things and they think I'm supposed to be like that. Well, that's the trap in consumerism. Mm-hmm. You know, we sell products based on low self-esteem. Mm-hmm. So if everybody felt good about themselves, there wouldn't be products. Right. That's right. That's so we right. have to fight this agency that is constantly promoting that you're not enough Mm -hmm. and those positive messages you have to start them early you know and it's it's one of those things where i am intentionally conscientious just because i do get to work with a lot of children as a photographer Mm -hmm. instead of oh hey gorgeous it's you're so kind Mm -hmm. you're so smart Mm -hmm. you're so brave Mm -hmm. Because anybody can tell you that you're pretty. Not everybody's going to tell you who you are and build you up that way. Pretty fades. Substance lasts. Pretty does fade, boy. (laughs) I like that. I actually, I really like that. I'm going to start being more conscious. Instead of saying, hey, gorgeous. I'm like, hey, tough girl. Is that, a little, is, that, is that what you mean? Yes. That's better, right? Okay. Yes. Hey, tough girl. Hey there, badass chick. You know, we are so much more than our appearances, but the yeah. way we are portrayed doesn't tell that story. There is so much more to being a woman and embracing all of those things that we are capable of that have nothing to do with our appearance, but that's right. what we are taught. Right. Mm-hmm. It's what, it's what we see. Gotta go with those eyes. Look at the way this person looks. Look at the way this person is dressed. Look at this person's house. Look at this person's car. It's all outward, outward, outward. And that is a huge problem. And until we learn not to do that, or until we learn to appreciate what somebody what brings to the table, and some people don't even know how, because if you weren't taught, like you said, how to do it, that's the only thing you know, is mm-hmm. that, that superficial thing that we seem to, to, to give off because you just don't know any better. And as a result, you know, I can only speak for girls because my sons could care less, but it, it really does have an effect, you know, but, on you them. know. I don't have a daughter. So even in my outside world, interacting with girls, I still get to be that model of what I think we should be teaching. And that's what we need. So that's where you can have that personal responsibility and go, hey, you know what? These are the messages these girls are getting. Let me spin a different one. Let me take the time to help them be mindful and not judge based on what brand of jeans or how she styles mm-hmm. her hair or how short her right. skirt is. And that's mm-hmm. what we need. We need more women and men actually doing that because we seem to have a lot of culture of competition. You know, I got to be better or, you know, all the, the ratchetness, I call it, you know, I don't watch too much television because all these shows, it's like you see the women that are going at it, rather it's because of a guy or this or that. And it's like, that, that's all that I was seeing. And I'm like, you know what? I, I can't just give me a book. Um, that's why I read so much because I can't deal with the, the ratchetness. So when you have <laughs> women <laughs> that 
are in it to encourage others, no matter if you're a kid at 45 or a kid at five, you know, it definitely matters. And I think that's why we really do this podcast to introduce people to women like you who have a story who can let people know that, yeah, I, I, I know, I, I know I've, I've been there and this is what's helped mm-hmm. me and this is what can help you instead of the, you know, oh, you know that Jacqueline always at the gym, Half, I can't stand her. <laughs> you know, that hatred that people seem to, to have. I, exactly. And, and I don't get that. Like I have never understood that ever misery and, loves company and it must it must and just to break down a whole gender is is just crazy and when mm-hmm. i see girls fighting over men it is when girls fight over men or when that, they, yeah there's no reason there's there's enough <laughs> dick in the world plenty of dick out there plenty of dick in the sea I don't fight over no man. You want him? Go ahead, girlfriend. I'll get me another one. <laughs> it's all right. Says the newlywed. You see? Says the newlywed. Exactly. <laughs> That's okay. You know what? Because when my husband tried to see, he, he likes to tease me and play around. Oh, this girl was looking at me. And I said, you must want that bitch to die. I said, but go ahead. She can have your ass. I said, okay. I said you want that ugly bitch? I said, go ahead. You know, I'll say shit like that to him. He's like, oh, nobody want me. I'm like, mm-hmm, all right. But, you know, he knows, like, you're going to go off. I ain't going to fight nobody. Yeah, not it's not worth the fight. You know? <laughs> I'll, I'll go go somewhere else. So, you know, he just does it to tease me, and I'll just talk my little shit just to, to show him it doesn't bother me. But I've never fought over any man. You want to go? Go ahead. I mean, my la- my my son, my youngest son, when his father wanted to leave, I helped him pack. <laughs> I was like, here you go. And I was walking him to the door, getting him out my house. To the left. And, I, to the left. and I was eight months pregnant. <laughs> eight months pregnant. And I was like, here you go. And all I could think of, fuck, I don't have a babysitter. <laughs> That's all I thought is I had to take care of this kid by myself. So it's all good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So Jacqueline, for the, the woman or the person, because to me, you can be a man and read your book and get some valuable lessons as well. Yes. Someone mm-hmm. that's going through something and they don't know how to pull through or they don't know how to get to the next side. And maybe it's something as serious as suicide. Maybe it's not, but maybe they're just in a, a space of where they're like, oh my God, my life sucks. I, I, I just don't know what to do. What are some things you would suggest they do in order to try to get back on the right track with their life? Well, first of all, you got to remember, everything is temporary. Mm. You've got 24 hours. If you can't figure it out in 24 hours, you get a fresh 24 hours that next morning to look at it a different way and try it a different way. Mm. Write it down. Whatever it is, verbal diarrhea is fantastic for getting out all of the things that you can't say to other people. Write it all down. If it's that bad, flush it down the toilet when you're done. But get it all out. It's cathartic. It'll help you lose weight, even though it's verbal. Mm -hmm. be okay asking for help 
it's not a sign of weakness. It's a sign that you don't have all the tools. It's not like you'd go and build a table with a saw and a screwdriver, but not a sander. If you don't have all the tools, you go to the tool store and you buy the tools. Yes. You don't have to have all the tools. Go find them. They're out there. They're available to you. Mm-hmm. And be kind to yourselves. We beat mm. ourselves up so much and put all of these unrealistic expectations on how we're supposed to do things and how it's supposed to be. Get rid of your supposed tos and look at what it is. Yes, I'm having this problem right now. Now I'm gonna spend some time looking at the tools that I need to fix this problem and I'm gonna write it down and figure out a plan. And if I don't get it done today, that's okay. Tomorrow's another day, I can hit at it again and I can break that rock that's keeping me from getting to the top of the mountain. Great advice. Great, great, great advice. Love it. I did. I, I love this. I love it. So what do you think, how do you think you're, when you wake up in the morning, what makes you smile? The sign next to my bed that says, hello, beautiful. <laughs> Because what seemed really cliche four years ago is that mental note to myself that, hey, you woke up this morning. You get a whole day to kick ass and live life and be present and make a difference. Yes. I think everybody should have that sign on their bed. As soon as you wake up, that's what you see. I think everybody should should have that. Oh, I got a different sign next to my bed. What does your sign say? Well, it's not really a sign. It's a bell. Not tonight? Oh. No, it's a (laughs) bell that Tamika gave me for Christmas. It says ring for sex. So that's what I see when I wake up. (laughs) Morning sex isn't my preference, but you know, for some people it is, and that's okay. My preference is all day, but my husband, on the other hand, he's the one that has the sign, not tonight. <laughs> not tonight, honey. <laughs> Girl, why do you think I have three businesses? <laughs> Keeps me from chasing him around all day. <laughs> I feel oh. good about myself. Let go, let go. <laughs> I try to, I, you know what? Ask to me, I keep myself super, super busy. And probably for the same reason, because if not, I'd be like all up on top of him. And he'd be like, woman, get away from me. (laughs) See, he's going to see this podcast and he's going to say, you see, you see, you see what Jacqueline do? Girl, you need another job. (laughs) (laughs) Because I need a break. (laughs) I can hear him now. Oh, oh uh, my goodness. Here's a funny question because, you know, I got an email saying that I'm always too deep with people. So I had to come up with a fun question. Ooh. Would you rather be crazy rich or deeply in love? Now, see, I'm going to take that deep. I want to be crazy rich because I want to make a difference in the world. <laughs> Don't really need all that money. You give that shit away. 
you go make the world a better place. And because I already love myself, that's only going to make me love myself more. <laughs> I'm already crazy in love with myself. Let me go save the world with some money. Let me get those babies back in school. Let's make, you know, all day kindergarten free. Let's get kids through college without being so far in debt. Mm -hmm. I want to mm -hmm. Amen. She said, I love myself. Give me the money. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, Jacqueline, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love you. I, I didn't quite know what your answer was going to be, but I didn't think about that one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can love myself spiritually and physically, so give me the money. <laughs> I'll put you on that one. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> God, and I'll be laughing all night. My husband's going to be like, what are you laughing at? I'm like, Jack once said, just shoot, I love myself. Just give me the money. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, Jacqueline, it's been so much fun. You know, I could sit here, we could sit here and talk to you for another few hours because I still haven't really dived into some of the great things you have in your book. So we're going to have to have you back on and you know turn and the other stuff because you're transforming pain into power i mean that that's an episode all within itself and but i know how this audience is and then they'll go why is it so long and now i'll cut it short they'll be like why wasn't it longer so you know you just can't you know you're you not chocolate. You can't please everyone. No, I can't. <laughs> and chocolate, my nephew would say, I don't like chocolate. He's the only kid mm -hmm. I know that don't like chocolate. JJ. What the well, hell? I'm going to give you the yeah. real one and just say you're not the fuck face whisperer, <laughs> but you know. The fuck face whisperer. I'm going to use that next time somebody complain to me. <laughs> Oh so, my God. So it, it has been really, <laughs> really fun for me. And like I said, we're going to have to have you back on in the future and talk about some of your other points in transforming. Pain. Well, I, I love what you ladies are doing and I enjoy Thank your company. You. And I'm so grateful that you were willing to speak with me. And I'm, I'm so moved that you not only got the book, but that you read the book. I'm still reading. <laughs> That's okay. It's I'm short. a slow I mean, reader. I know. I love it. it I saw that. Short. I was like, yes, 138 pages. <laughs> you can get it done when it's short. Look at me. I'm only 5'4". I get it done. <laughs> <laughs> See? See? Short people. Well, Mary's probably, what are you, Mary? 5'1"? Five, 5'1". <laughs> five, <one. laughs> I am five. You know, Chris bought, really quick, Chris bought a bike. And he brought it home and he was putting it together. And he, you know, calls me out to the garage and he goes, get on that thing. I looked at him and I was like, what size is it? He's like, it's a 26 inch. You told me you want a 26 inch. Man, when I tried to climb on that, I thought my fucking coochie was going to hit the bar. <laughs> and then he was like, just, just get off. He's like, I didn't know you were so goddamn short. What the <laughs> fuck did you think? He's like, I really thought you could ride that thing. No, bro. That's why I told you 24 inches. Like, I can't, you know, I can't get on that thing. It, it, I, I was going to bust my ass. So, 
that squash. You could get on it, but he wouldn't be getting on you. That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's right. I was like, I'm gonna break my pussy on this fucking bike. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> See, now we're glad Mary didn't break her pussy. And no. <laughs> Shit, I'm, I'm fucking glad I didn't break it. I was like, I know you want me to break my pussy, so it'll be out of order for a little while. So you can get a break. <laughs> Just can't. I can't. Oh, we're, oh gosh. Um, <laughs> I don't even know where to go with that one. I'm just going to say thank you guys for watching. We love you. Thank you again, Jacqueline. We will thank see you. you again sometime soon. And mm -hmm. as always, yes. everyone, if you have any questions, we are going to have um, Jacqueline's information. All you got to do is click the bottom of this video. You will have the link to her book and all of her great information if you want to reach out to her. For my people that are in Arizona, get married, you know, need a photographer. I'm just saying. Jacqueline. Jacqueline. So thank you so much. Thank you for sharing thank you. us um, joining us. And we will be back next time, guys. Bye. Bye, Bye. guys. Thank you so much.